Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Rub your bottles. It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century. From I Love Lucy to News Radio, I am your TV guide, Brett White, and this week I am joined by writer and podcaster and dipshit on the internet. <laughs> Those were my words. Brandon Beck. Hello, Brandon. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> going well. Uh, I've never, I haven't had a dipshit on the show before, so. You know, yeah, because you've had, well, you've had dipshits and you've had people from the internet. You've never yeah. had a dipshit from the internet. I had an annoying voice woman. Oh, uh, sure, sure, Anna sure. Rubinova on Green Acres. Okay. So. <laughs> oh, so wait, was it June Foray? Oh, no. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. Oh. She had her uh, her cameo on The Simpsons was one of the best. What does she um, do on there? It's when Homer becomes Poochie, ah. and uh, she's basically just complaining to him about how uh, being a voice actor is just a racket. She's like, yeah. <laughs> she's like, he was like, oh, you were the voice of the Roadrunner. He's like, yeah, but you, you know what the rub is? I only said meep once and then looped it. <laughs> um, but yeah, R.I.P. June Four. <laughs> oh, she's a legend. Oh, she was great. Also, like. Was she almost 100? Yeah, she was 99, I think. Yeah, so... Yeah. Okay, good. (laughs) So yeah, thank you so much for coming over. You're another L.A. person in New York for a hot sec. For a hot second. uh, For a hot, fishy second. Yeah, I was here to see uh, five (laughs) fish shows in six days. Damn. Um, I have a problem. Uh, No, that sounds fine. I mean, I am currently contemplating uh, going to... Spending... I don't know, $1,000 for me and my husband to go see Bob Newhart in St. Charles in October. I didn't know he still performed. Yeah, he's 87, and I'm really worried. Um, I feel the same way about Willie Nelson. Like, <laughs> it's going to happen sooner than it's not, and I, I just can't even fathom yeah. a world without Willie Nelson. And so I'm like, well, he's performing in St. Charles, which is my husband's hometown. Oh. And we haven't seen his family in, well, since our wedding in January, so it would be great. But it's yeah. also flat out, all flights from New York to St. Louis are $500. Ooh. No matter when you fly, no matter how long you go for, they're just $500, which is insane. Yeah, These that's are two gross. big cities. Like, I can get yeah. to LA there and back for like 400 Yeah, like twice even. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. So that's. Uh, JetBlue will pay you to do it. A thing. I don't know. Maybe I should start a must have seen TV GoFundMe <laughs> to fund me to go see Bob Newhart. Must- or, or just make your spinoff podcast about the fundraising must have seen Bob. Yes. Oh, um, but this week we're not talking about Bob. This week 
We are traveling to December 5th, 1966. The Bible in the beginning ruled the box office. Winchester Cathedral by the new vaudeville band topped the charts, and NBC aired the I Dream of Genie episode, My Master, The Great Caruso. Brandon, you must have seen My Master, The Great Caruso before. Uh, you know, I I think I maybe might have. Really? I wasn't, yeah. I, I didn't think I had, but then I, I could have sworn I've seen that scene where he's trying to catch a cold. Yeah. That's, but maybe that's just such a tropey scene. So did you watch, uh, I Dream of Genie growing up? I, I saw it kind of in passing. It was, I would watch Nick at Night. Yeah. But if it was like an older show or something that wasn't in color, I'd get a little like, yeah, like it like, and I know now it was uh, the wrong decision to have made. Yeah. You missed like all of Dick Van Dyke and I Love Lucy. Yeah. I like, I, I have. Early Bewitched. Yeah. Mr. Ed. I know. I like all all of the like weird high concept shows, which are the exact kind of thing like I write now. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Bonkers surrealist sitcoms. Because that is what this is. Oh, yeah. I watched, I was, I loved I Dream of Genie when I was a kid. I loved Nick at Night, and so I watched I Dream of Genie a lot. Uh, I Dream of Genie, Lucy Tuesdays, I Dream of Genie Thursdays? Nick, no, no. I think you were right. Because it was Bewitched Be Wednesday, Wednesdays. <laughs> that, that's a stretch, but I love I it. I love Bewitched Be Wednesdays. I feel like it was Genie Tuesdays? I think you, I think you might have been right. I, I don't know. I know Genie was part of the Block Party Summer. Yeah. Um, I feel I, like the weekends were newer shows. Yeah. Maybe. Week, during the week was, yeah. So like, I loved Genie and I also loved, I'm, my mind is going in so many directions for all my stories about <laughs> my Genie love as a child. I remember I got really into, there was an ongoing storyline about them getting married, I remember. Okay. I, and so I remember that was like one of the first episodes of serialized hmm. television. I thought they were just married from the jump. No, that oh. happens later on. Uh, and I remember the um, the Suzanne Vega riff that they did, where they did a mix of Tom's Diner and the I Dream of Genie uh, I do or, remember that. I am sitting on the sofa. There's a TV in the corner. I am watching Major Nelson. Nelson. He is played by, by Larry Hagman. That that was like <laughs> when I lived in Texas. That was on the radio pretty much Wait, nonstop. They played it on about, the radio. Yeah, for about two years. Yeah, yeah I loved that. I love that. And now when I I don't ever, like, that's how I learned about who Sue Vega was. I did not <laughs> sure. know that was a real song. Da, 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 da. Just so smoky and so breathy. Well, and I remember it really was. The the ad that Nick at Night played, it was like a black, it was like a black room, and it was a model dressed as Genie, but they had her face obscured by the pink veil. Okay, they were like, I think they were projecting footage of the show like onto her stomach and stuff. I remember that as she was dancing. I remember that. That was so cool. That was probably also, I don't know, like that was probably sexy to little guys at that point, maybe. Uh, Um. I don't think I had developed sexuality by know, that tra- point. I do know, and this is a thing, I had a, I did have a crush on both Larry Hagman and Bill Daly, which sure. is true to this day. I mean, you've been on brand your entire life. I know, yeah. It is, it is really <laughs> fucking weird. People are like, how do you have such peculiar taste in men? It's like, I mean, well, I grew up loving uh, Dr. Alan Grant from Jurassic Park. <laughs> sure. And, uh, yeah, Major Nelson and Major Healy. Well, Hags is a Hags is a handsome guy. Golly, dang. Also, this is a show where all the men, like, have to wear uniforms. Yeah. So, like, if you are you love a man in a uniform, copyright gang of four, uh, <laughs> post-punk, um, then you love I Dream of Genie. Uh, so, yeah, this is one of those 
weird high concept 60s shows. Yeah. We talked about Bewitched last week, so they were following up with Adrian Genie and weird shows. Yeah, I I'm I'm kind of fascinated by this uh period of sitcoms. Like when they were still like this and the monkeys, which I got yeah. really into last summer. Um that were, like, these weird hybrids. Because, like, I don't think this was live audience. No, 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 no. Because no, no. there's, like, some legitimately cool cinematic choices. Yeah, they have to do... I mean, all the special effects kind of mean it can't be shot in front of an audience. Because they have to oh, use, yeah. Just like with Bewitched, there's so much, like, hey, just uh, stand still. Do your scene, yeah. then stand still. Okay, now pick it up again. Like, And everyone moves just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you have stagehands running and, like, putting things in their hands or, yep. like, switching out lampshades or whatever. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, this week on Must Have Seen TV, we were talking about the I Dream of Genie episode, My Master, the Great Caruso. It is the 13th episode of season two and was written by Sidney Sheldon, who wrote, like, every episode. Damn. And directed by Hal Cooper. Here's how IMDb describes the episode. When General Patterson? When General Peterson? Patton. General Patton. It was General, General Patton. Patton. That's not his it's Dr. Bellows. Whatever, IMDb. <laughs> when Dr. Bellows catches Tony singing with Enrico Caruso's voice, he enters him in the NASA talent contest. Unfortunately, Jeannie promised to never give him that voice again. Brandon, does that accurately describe the plot? Yeah, like, there's not, that is, there's that, not that's much it. plot to that's this it. thing. Uh, like, there's that, and then there's the weird little, like, sliver of a B story Oh, Where, her birthday? Yeah. What was? Do you do know I what that was about? Get into this. I after we watched it, I went and looked at the synopsis from the episode before. So I yeah to see if it was a continuing thing, and it well it has to be because like apropos yeah. of nothing, Jeannie's like, oh Roger, he- Major Healy's coming back with my birthday information. Yeah. And it's like, well, this came out of nowhere, and then she brings it up every time she sees him for the rest of the episode, and then the episode ends with her finding out her birthday is April first and putting him in it. Oh, oh, she yeah, she did find out when it was. Yeah, it said April first. Oh, I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Hear she that. put him in a torture device. Yeah. Was like, I was like, let's, let, he's like, let's do a charade. And she's like, blank, you're in a torture device. Like, hey, we're going to have a fun moment. You're in an Iron Maiden. Now. Yeah. <laughs> April Ferris. I do think it was a running joke, though. Okay. And because I, I, I think it was, because I'm, this is all going off of my memory. I should have done research, but I, I forgot that that was a part of this episode. <laughs> but I do think that, if, that Jeannie did weird serialized stuff, I guess. I guess which so. is unheard of. Yeah. For, the 60s? Yeah, and for a sitcom. Even, no like, less. the 70s, even? Yeah. I, the fact, I think that, because I do remember them getting married was a thing that unfolded over multiple episodes. Because sure. I remember being a kid being like, yeah, this is the episode they get married. And it being Yay. like a big, me freaking out about like a 40-year-old TV, 30-year-old TV show. Oh, I, I had a night where I freaked out about, they, they were showing the two-part Happy Days episode where Fonzie <laughs> maybe got killed in a garage explosion. <laughs> And then he comes back and, like, is pretending to be a woman for half of it. Um, what the fuck? And I, like, I was on pins and fucking needles. Oh, yeah. When, okay, can we swear on this thing? Uh, of course. Okay. We I started was, off by calling me calling you a dipshit on the internet. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I, well, I just, dipshit to me is more just a, a proper adjective. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. You can say that on basic cable now. Yeah. Um, but, like, I was on pins and needles in the 24 hours between when TV Land oh, yeah. aired part one and part two. And then when part two came around, it was so anticlimactic, I'm like, oh, right, this is all bullshit. <laughs> all, all TV did not know what they were doing. Yeah. So, yeah, so the, yeah, the B plot is she finds out her birthday, which I think is a holdover from a previous episode. Sounds about right. Um, yeah, so, I mean, like, we basically said the plot, like... Yeah. Okay, 
Uh, Major Nelson is like singing. Jeannie gives him a good voice. Dr. Bellas overhears it. They enter him into the contest. He's like, I don't want this. Promise me you'll never give me the voice back. And then he... Why does he decide to go through with it? I missed that. Because um, he's very much like, I don't want to do this. Jeannie, give me my voice back. Don't ever give me that voice again. And then, like, a little time passed, and he's like, give me the voice back. I think it's just peer pressure. Yeah, I think it's I just everyone... Because everyone's like... Because Dr. Bellows is now like... He has... Tony Nelson's got a voice like Caruso? That's right, General. I heard it myself. That's hard to believe. Well, General, no one's more surprised than I am. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was, I, I didn't That's know who a, Caruso was. Yeah, I didn't either, um, but that is a famous opera singer, apparently. He seems like David Caruso. He seems like David Caruso. Yeah! Yeah, on the same page. Uh, you, you And you can fit that in with that gag at the end, too. Oh, oh God, that'd be so good. That would be awesome. Um, so then he doesn't get the voice, and then he, Major Healy comes home, and then they just kind of, like, hang out for a good... Like, third of the episode. Yeah, like, like the middle third is... Him just kind of hanging, and then... And, like, cut, trying try, to wreck himself. Trying to, like, he tries to make him hoarse, he tries to catch a cold, Jeannie thwarts all of that, uh, Major Healy then suggests all of that, and he's like, I already did it, didn't work. Yeah. And then Healy's like, well, let's get... Raj, we're gonna have an accident tonight. <clears throat> I, don't, I think you've had an accident already. No. No, I mean, we're gonna fake an accident. We're gonna go out to the country club for dinner tonight, and on the way, we're gonna have a flat tire, or a bump a tree, oh, or... Oh, I get it. You don't have to show up the broadcast, and nobody blames you. Good thinking. That's right. There's only one thing. What? We'll use your car. But yeah. Dr. Bellows wants to, like, hitch a ride with them, so they still try to wreck themselves off-screen, but it doesn't yeah. work. And, and that then... Jeannie has just dipped out. Yeah, I noticed, like, well, She's she... like, I'm out. She basically, she goes to go shop in Baghdad. Yeah. Well, remember? You made me promise that you would never sing like Caruso again, and you said that if you did, you would never forgive me. Jeannie, don't, don't uh, listen to what I told you. Listen to what I'm telling you. Oh, you were yelling at me. Yelling at you? you uh, this is a whisper, Commander. If you want me, I will be shopping. Shopping? In Baghdad. Jeannie. <laughs> don't do this. Jeannie! She's so uninterested in helping the plot that she disappears yeah. to another continent. I wrote, where's Jeannie as soon as she didn't pop back up when they got to the talent show. Yeah. And then when she's there, she, her master Nelson is like freaking out. He's trying to stall. He sets his music on fire. Everything's going wrong. And she sees like, aha, I didn't say it. I could turn him. I could turn his voice into someone else's voice. Yeah. And then we get a tour de force of voices. That, that, oh God, that scene, I, you know, I think in my head I had always sort of conflated Genie and Bewitched. Because I feel like Bewitched is way more about... Witchcraft. It's yeah. About, it's well, about her being... Well, what's her name? Samantha Sam- Stevens. It's way more about Samantha yeah. than Darren. This, I was surprised that, like, this episode is entirely about Major, Major Nelson. Nelson. 100%. Like, Genie's maybe in it for, like... Six minutes. Yeah, she gets a couple lines, and then, and then she's out. Particularly good. That was also one to like. There are no jokes in this. I yeah. was like, <laughs> yeah, there really aren't. I was because I was trying to think while watching it, like, what does this look like on the page? Yeah, and then also, what would this be like if you took the laugh track out? And I feel like it's kind of like a weird. I don't know, like, low-stakes, slow-dramedy? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's, like, kind of, like... It's really dry. A shittier Master of None. Like, Master of None <laughs> doesn't really have hard jokes in it. Yeah. It's just, like, these are characters, like, living in their lives, and they go... And I'm like, well, they also... I Dream of Genie, they're not really telling jokes. Yeah. Like, it's like it's mostly situational. It's mostly, like, uh, 
just like logic gags. Yeah. Of like how being a genie would work. Yeah. And, and like how, how like... that affects the world and like the genie rules. Um, but yeah, it's mostly just like, well, we have to deal with this weird problem that can't be overcome for arbitrary reasons because of a promise yeah uh, and, and that kind of that kind of thing drives me crazy <laughs> like pretty much every rom-com would stop if if two people just went talked. hey look here's this here's what's actually happening like, yeah here's my opinion uh we do get an actual like comedy set piece at the end where she starts giving him different voices so yeah. he like starts out as a soprano then he goes <laughs> Then he goes to like a bass. And he becomes a like sultry woman. He comes Betty Boop at the end. <laughs> he, comes, he says boop boopy doop. <laughs> Which I laughed because that is ridiculous and dumb. Yeah. <laughs> and totally incongruous with the rest of the very like dry, straightforward episode. Oh yeah. It's it's a, it's a like for a show that has a surreal premise, yeah. it's not a particularly surreal show. Like it's yeah. it's, it's all played in a very grounded well, way. Can, well, let's let's broaden out to just general talk about the episode. Sure. And, like talk about like they're all NASA. Yeah. Before we went to the moon. Oh, that's that's true. You're right. So it is. It's super weird to see a show because as a kid. We were both born in the 80s, so, yeah. like, NASA to us is, like, you go to fucking space. Yeah, it felt more like the army yeah. than NASA. And they don't... And So, like, the opening credits of the show is an animated sequence, and I guess it's also the first episode, is yeah. them being an astronaut in the early 60s was, like, trying to do, like, lower orbit, like, mm-hmm. lower atmosphere stuff, yeah. I guess. Yeah, and, like, satellites and stuff, So, maybe. he is launched up into, air quote, lower orbit or... Our atmosphere or something. I Probably like 30,000 feet. Yeah. And he lands on a deserted island where he finds the genie bottle. Okay. And that's the first episode that's immortalized in the opening credits, which are choice. Yeah, the, the opening credits, I like, I would, wouldn't have been disappointed if the series was animated and yeah. it was just in that style. And it's, all, it's also ripping off Bewitched again. It's like, we're going to jack oh, that premise, yeah. and then we're also, hey, you guys got animated uh, opening credits, we're going to do that too. Ours is going to be slightly more low rent. Yeah. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to look more Jay Ward than Hanna-Barbera, because it's all we could afford. <laughs> but it's like, you know, great theme song. Oh, super so good, good theme song. Uh, and so, like, the whole thing is set at NASA without the space, and, like, his spacesuit is like a silver jumpsuit. Yeah. And that happens a lot. And like a NASA where no one seems to do anything. They just like hang out. It's yeah. like their Max. It's like their Saved <laughs> by the Bell Max. Yeah, exactly. Kate Kennedy. Like if if my superior officer just like showed up in my house. Which he does. A, yeah, like I, A, I would be baffled I'm in the army at yeah. all. But B, like. Hey, dude. What's up? Hi. Yeah. What? What? what, what? Like your, your boss is basically like Kimmy Gibbler. Yeah. Like, coming over any moment there are several moments in here where someone just not not even like comes into the house but then sneaks up on him yeah and he's totally chill with it hey man i also wanted to the elser <laughs> want to just say real quick that uh salt dr bellows saw bellows is a playwright or an author that i did a paper on in high school okay and that sees the day not that um <laughs> 
Dr. Bellis comes in with bomb-ass sunglasses. Oh, dude, those sunglasses were awesome. Those sunglasses were way too cool for his character. Yeah. I was like, look at this buddy, look at this Roy Orbison motherfucker right here. super big Ray-Ban, like, tortoise shell awesome glasses. Yeah, like, I would wear those today. Like, those are freaking dope. Like, those are, what's also weird, like, that's the kind of sunglasses that they sell in the woman's section at Target. Which is also, like, I love that men in the 60s could have, like, bomb-ass style like that. Nowadays, gender norms. Fuck everything. I mean, if I could basically just wear his outfit... That suit like, everything? Yeah, just yeah, to, like, straight. an arcade fire show? Like, that would they be would awesome. They would want you to. <laughs> like, that would, be, that would be super cool. Like, I, I have no, no interest in the military or in no. NASA or anything like that, but, like... I love the looks of Oh, 100%. Well, I mean, in the early 90s, Julian Casablanca's, uh, the strokes they would do, like the the $2 bill MTV2 concert, he did it wearing a marine dress jacket, which is like, it's a black, you know, three-quarter length, it's like mid-thigh jacket length with red piping and like epaulets and stuff and like gold buttons. I was like, I want that jacket. Oh, yeah. And it took me a while to realize, oh, that's a marine dress jacket. Well, you know, my my ideal... uh... I'm getting married in a couple months, and I, I was pitching really hard to basically just wear one of the suits from the, the cover of Sgt. Pepper's. Oh, that'd be so good. You can <laughs> just both ha- do that. And just have a marine band. Oh, like, it would be great. That'd be so great. Yeah. Those Instead of wearing suits. a stupid tuxedo. I, love, I mean, hey, Major <laughs> Nelson rocks a tuxedo at the end of this. That like, is that true. Is that is a good tuxedo. White jacket. Hot. Love it. Hags is handsome in this episode. Yeah, and I don't think... Because most people, I feel like, know him as JR. Yeah, that's after his, his sort of... From Dallas. Bloated he, a little when bit. He got, when he was still handsome and stuff, yeah. but uh, he passed away recently. Within, like, the last year, I think. Really? I could have sworn it was a while ago. But I could be thinking of one of the Darrens. Yeah. Both the Darrens have been dead for a while. I also wanted to bring out, this is a NASA that is so, I don't know, bored that they give... <laughs> They give a lot of fucks about a talent show. Yeah. Like, I mean, NASA talent show is like a sketch premise. Yeah. That's what you come into your 201 class with Will Hines. Oh, it's like, oh, what a pitch on NASA talent show. Uh, okay, go for it. Yeah. Uh, like, like, NASA talent show is the sketch that Adam Conover would have yelled at me if I brought it into yeah. 201. Uh, I think Neil Casey would have liked it. I, I think he would have he would have liked it, but n- not for the reasons I did. Name drop all of our sketch teachers: Chris Kula, Liz Kakowski, Neil Casey. The one on one teacher I didn't really like, so I won't name him directly. Damn, Will Hines. No, we just, no, I, I'm just had, kidding. I love Will Hines. I've had, I've had Will for like six classes. He's uh, one of my favorite people in the world. I want you on this podcast, Will. You're not listening. Your brother was on the show. Though. Will Hines, come do the come do the show. Um, I listened to his episode yesterday and was Kevin's, yeah. surprised that they have the exact same cadence. Yeah, I'd never, I'd really, never heard yeah. Kevin in my ears before, and same games. Go check, go listen to the podcast. Don't get me started for Will Hines, and listen to the Bob Newhart show episode of this show for Kevin Hines. It's a lot of Kevin Hines, <laughs> uh, a lot of Hines Brothers talk. Anyway, this talent show that is also televised and viewed by thirty, 30 million, million people, Thir- and it's 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 a uh, it's live and it's from. All of the different uh, capes, NASA headquarters. Yeah. It starts off with an accordion player in Hawaii. That is my favorite detail in this entire episode. (laughs) They're watching the live stream, and there's a... Like, 
this he looks Filipino yeah. uh, guy in like a suit just playing an, playing an accordion and they hold on it for a really long yeah. time and he's mixed really loudly. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so strange. I and also like the only time we ever see them at you know at work at NASA yeah. is um, Doctor Bellows is like just at a gym hanging yeah, out just and then other times they're just wandering the hallways hanging out. Major Healy is brushing his teeth, yeah. singing and hanging out. Like, it's the most... We did the Perfect Strangers episode we're talking about how that is set at a newspaper that had zero employees and was cavernous. <laughs> and it seems like this is the same. Like, it's NASA, but, like, they ain't doing anything. Oh, yeah. Or, like, later news radio when they just gave up the pretense that there were yeah. other people in it's the station. Everyone else... Someone else is always in that booth. No. Isn't, isn't there one episode where, like, they make a reference to one of the other random dudes that oh, yeah. just never has lines. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I also wanted to point out Major Nelson's house. I love his house. It's a great house. He, and it's huge, and he lives there alone. Yeah. It looks like he doesn't just live on a golf course. It looks like he lives on the, like, on the fairway. Yeah. <laughs> With, like, maybe the most realistic uh, backyard backdrop I've ever seen. Yeah, that was pretty good. Like, it was, it was way, b- and, like, I lived on a golf course for 15 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, we were a country club family. Damn. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I never once played golf, ever, <laughs> except for when I took junior golf in Texas and got hit in the head by somebody else's club. That's about right. That seems on game, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that's perfectly on brand but for he me. he has, like, he has, like, huge living room. The kitchen's kind of small, because we see yeah. the kitchen. Big bedroom. He has an upper, like an upper level, like, like study. study. Yeah. Uh, with really cool, like it's like an A-frame, so it's got like yeah. sloped ceilings and a nice backyard. One lamp in the entire place. Yeah. <laughs> that genie is changing the shade for no reason. No, not That's at all. It's just like some business that they have her do. She floats a lampshade off and then just like blinks a couple new ones on and then that's it. They probably just did like six takes of it with a different one each time. Yeah. And just use that as their way to cut between. Now I do want to, I guess we have to get into what is the relationship between Jeannie and Major Nelson and yeah. how weird is it? I, I'm going to try, I'm trying to compare it to Bewitched. Uh, I mean, what is your take on this well, Jeannie it's, it's Nelson? A, it's a really Bewinsdaying problem. Um, <laughs> a very bewildered Bewinsdays. <laughs> Flummoxed for Thursdays. <laughs> well, and, and of course it's always just another Manic Monday. Yeah. Um, God, that was the hackiest joke I've ever no, made. I think. No, you're good. <laughs> um, you know, I I haven't I haven't seen Genie in a while, but uh, Bewitched seemed more consensual. Well, we from what I, I remember, yeah, having it fresh in my mind, the difference it seems is like Bewitched is Darren is like, I love you, but don't be a witch. Sure, never do it. I don't like this. This is a problem. Whereas Genie, it kind of seems like. She just does whatever she wants. It's weird. Yeah. It is weird because Bewitched is what you would think is... The attitude Darren has towards Samantha seems more of like a like master and servant where he's yeah. like, no, you're bad. Don't do it. But they're married and ostensibly, you know, consensual and loving, but has a weird... Whereas this is like, he's her master and the, the yeah. language is used and weird, but their relationship is like, she comes and goes as she pleases she is omnipotent and just, like, he never once tells her really to, like, stop being a genie. Yeah. It's more like, just please put my voice back to normal. She's also not 
much of a character. Yeah, she's... And, like, yeah. that's kind of a bummer. Like it, Samantha is a character. Exactly. Jeannie is, like, a... She's kind of like C-3PO. Okay. She has a she has a very, like... Well, it's a whole master thing, too. Sure. She has a very, like... I'm prim and... Not prim and proper, but, like... I These are my rules, and I can't break I have them. rules. Ah, yeah, like... And she isn't really humanized as much. Although, She's more just a complication. Yeah. Although the birthday stuff was fun, and that was actually, like, a moment of humanity for her, because it was, like, something yeah. that she wanted, and she was, like, very emotional about... Also, she, why doesn't she know what her birthday is? Well, she is like two thousand years old. Hmm. But then why? Why would uh, Major Healy know? Yeah, that's the other thing. Is like I need to yeah. go back and rewatch. I need to like binge yeah. all season two apparently on Amazon and iTunes, uh, and just see because that's a like Indiana Jones level adventure of like I, yeah. Ma- Major Healy going to the Middle East to, like track down the age of a genie. Yeah. That is way more interesting than whatever was oh, going yeah. on in the actual episode oh, yeah. that week. Uh, but, I mean, that's, that seems to be the, the thing. is like all the most interesting stuff you don't see. You don't no, see yeah. that. You don't see their car crash. No, you don't see you their, don't like, see. almost car crash. You don't... Yeah. I... I also just like an action movie starring Bill Daly. Like, that's... I want to see that. That would be awesome. Bill Daly is a champ. I'm just... Now, now I'm just imagining him... Doing the speech from Independence Day. Oh, God, it'd be so good. He'd have so many, like, weird jutting arm and shoulder movements. And, like, just, and so many, like, bits. Yeah. Just so uh, much business. Bill Daly's a weirdo. Oh, yeah. He, I don't know anything about it. No, he's, like, I think you can just tell from this and the Bob Newhart show, the choices, the physical choices he makes are just weird. Yeah. Like, in this episode, when they come home from the talent show, he... Doesn't, like, walk around and sit on the couch. He, like, jumps over it and, like, ends up, like, rolling around on it and laying yeah. down and stuff. And, like, hops up on the little mantle yeah, area. Yeah, like, let's do... And I, I think I read an interview. He did not like this show. He oh, really? hated doing I Dream of Genie because it didn't have jokes. Sure. That's fair. <laughs> which... That's a valid criticism of this you can a sitcom see, episode. Yeah, you can see how the Bob Newhart show, like, he was like, finally, I get to actually play a character that yeah. has a personality that has a nothing but jokes. Well, I think that kind of just speaks to the problem I, I can have with a lot of sitcoms is, and, and even more so comedy movies, yeah. is the one character gets jokes. Like, the star yeah. gets the jokes, and then everybody else is either a complication or a straight man. Yeah, that's or, not fun. Or in, yeah, exactly. But, like, on a show like Bob Newhart, like, everybody was kind of... Everybody's got a weirdo. Everybody's yeah. a little... And news radio's like that. Like News radio's a perfect great, example Great ensembles are like that. Oh, Whereas, yeah. as we as we talked about in Bewitched last week, also with Bewitched, there's... I mean, Paul, we, I did a Paul Lind episode, because of course. And like, sure. He got all the jokes. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it's Paul Lind. And on this... Like, no one really gets... None, Hags doesn't even really get that many jokes either. And he's no, the star. There's a lot of visual comedy. Like, the, the shot of him, you know, in his underwear, in the with his feet in the yeah. ice and stuff, like, it's that's funny. And it's, it's well composed, too. Yeah. It's all directed really well. Yeah, like, I was surprised. But it's so fascinating. I, uh, feel, I feel like this feels more sitcom-y than some other shows of, of the period. Or at least what what I consider as sort of like middle of the road kind of like yeah. rote sitcomery, TM TM TM, is just because there there aren't jokes, you can see every single archetype. Yeah. Uh, just in like stark relief, 
Because, like, outside of the premise, there's not all that much there. Although, I mean, like, sitcom set at NASA in the 60s yeah. is like, that's a great premise. That's, like, I, I had legitimately thought about writing a sitcom set in NASA if it was, like, the 1970s. Yeah, that's... Uh, like, uh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. But, like, they don't do anything with Honestly, it. Honestly, that's also... That's almost two different shows. Because I could oh, see yeah. a show where it's just, like, a sitcom set at NASA. Yeah, that'd be, awesome that'd be great. Show. And then also, like, Family Gets a Genie. Sure. That's another show. And I Dream of Genie is a weird... You forget that it's set at NASA and has such a peculiar, unique setting because yeah. the genie thing is so big and overpowering. But also not super present. Yeah, I think it much. is present in other... Ep- you it know, might in be. Other it's episodes, her, like, sister or cousin or someone comes around. Uh, okay. Uh, which is also happens on Bewitched. Sure. <laughs> but, like, Samantha you, had, like, a sprawling extended family, didn't oh, she? Oh, yeah. She had, like, uncles and aunts and everything, and... They, they kind of became has, the show towards the end, right? Yeah, they were on it a lot. Um, and they they also, like, go into the genie bottle oh. every now and then, which is super swank. It's just all pillows. Oh, right. Yeah. It, it sort of looks like the, like, sex capsule from the end of The Spy yeah. Who Loved Me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that is accurate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do with a genie? Like... God, I don't even know. If you okay, so like you're in NASA and you land on a desert island, you find a genie bottle. Do you leave it there? Do you take it with you? What do you do? Um, do you free it? I mean, I I I I, I think I rub it. Like I think like okay, uh, genie bottle. Well, I gotta yeah right. Like there's some shit. I, but like I've seen, I've also seen enough genie fiction to know that there will be. Ironic, yeah. Is gonna, like I, there will be some sort of ironic twist. You're gonna end up with a roommate who just keeps wandering around and teleporting off to Baghdad and giving you a Caruso voice. Oh yeah, like, like I, I, like the sort of whimsical part of me, I think, would be like, oh, of course, I'd befriend a fucking genie. Yeah, great. But then, like, the rational, pragmatic part of me is like, that sounds like more trouble than it's worth. Yeah, and they don't even really get into the genie rules because, like, your relationship with a genie depends on like. Can you wish to set them free? Yeah. Can you wish for more wishes? I mean, there is no three wish rule on this. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. Yeah. Um. Well, I. Hmm. I wonder. Seems like he doesn't wish for things all that. Yeah. Much, it seems though. like maybe. I don't. Know, I need to. I also. I obviously need to watch the entire show because I wonder if there was a three wish limit. Hmm. But then, like, he just never makes wishes, and she just keeps like wishing at him. Yeah. <laughs> Chucking. That's a good premise for a show. That's what. That's what it seems like. <laughs> But I think that it might be unlimited wishes. It might but be. It I is... mean, as far as I'm concerned, the only genie rules are the genie rules from Aladdin, and they apply to all genie-related they're, fiction. They're, they're good, good rules. Yeah. Good basic rules. Same with, like, vampire rules from Buffy. Yeah. No one ever did it better, so why fucking bother? Yeah, don't sparkle. Don't, don't do sparkle, no. sparkle vamps. I don't know, what is the uh, morality of marrying your genie? <laughs> yeah, that's, um... That's tricky. Yeah. Um, th- th- I mean, I-, I think with a lot of shows like this, when you look back on it, it's like, well, yeah. maybe we weren't asking the right questions. I guess there's maybe, I'm trying to think if that makes, because there's a level of weirdness with Bewitched because it's a husband telling his wife to stop being special. Yes. Whereas this, this honestly, in this episode, they're roommates. Like, they oh, read totally. more like roommates. There is no romance between them, and the fact that there's no romance between them does... I don't know, in my, like, man opinion, which is, I don't, I'm not an authority on this. Sure. At all. But, like, it doesn't read as icky, because it's just, like. No, not at all. It just is, like, they're roommates, she does annoying stuff to him, he gets annoyed, and. Yeah. 
And then she calls him master because that's what genies, all genies call all their masters. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think as long as it's not really like addressed, it's okay. And again, I say this as like a cis white dude with trust fund. So like, I have no right to speak on any issues. Yeah. Get out of here. Um, but like, I, I feel like this show could still get greenlit today. Yeah, like with definitely. very little change. Yeah. Like I remember. There... I do. I do think because the reason this episode is fine because they aren't romantically engaged. Like as soon as it's like now you've been calling me master and I'm gonna marry you and make you my yeah. wife. It's like a weird. It's a whole weird yeah. power dynamic layer thing. I think you could do it now. I don't know if her calling him master all the time. Master has so many bad connotations. Oh, it absolutely does. Like, we're not even going to, like, slavery. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, this is not even, like, it's You a... know, I had an idea for a show. What if the Confederacy never ended? Oh, and it was cool. still, like, there was still slavery today. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think that would not cause like no a, problems. Um, yeah, no. Nah, oh, boy. What was, there was a show. Oh, Desmond Pfeiffer. <laughs> not, <laughs> not the Beautiful Life of Desmond Pfeiffer or whatever it was. Uh, there was a TGIF show in the mid to late nineties that was basically just I Dream of Jeannie, uh, but with French Stewart, maybe? There was an alien show. There was an alien family that were all aliens. That's just Alf. But they lived, uh, yeah. Well, they were all, it was a whole family of, like, sure. Muppet aliens. No, it, was, it wasn't French Stewart. Who was the, like, actually French guy that showed up on like step uh, by step. I don't know. Um, I'm only thinking Gerard Depardieu. That's not true. I would watch the shit out of a Gerard Depardieu <laughs> genie show. TGIF genie show. But yeah, it was like late. It was like late game TGIF. Like I think Family Matters was over. Yeah, I, or I think... like they sold them off to CBS for the last, and then they. Oh, they you're canceled. right. Yeah. Or like, I, and I think maybe even like uh, step by step was like. Jo- I think this dude had been on step by step. But it was basically the same show as Dream of Genie, only the genders were, were swapped. And he was super annoying. Wow. I'm into this. Uh, I discovered, I talked last week about The Ghost of Mrs. Muir. Wow, what is, is that? It's a third, it's based on a movie from the 40s. Okay. Um, the title sounds familiar. Uh, Charles Nelson Raleigh was on it, which is ah, why I care about sure. it. Um, but it's basically, it's another, it's like the third, if there's a tripod of these kind of shows, you sure. have... The witch starring a witch, I Dream of Genie starring a genie, Ghost of Miss Mira starring a ghost sea captain. And it's gender flipped, it's a man. Hold the fucking phone. Yeah, it's all on YouTube, uh, Eagle, illegal uploads. There's a there's a sitcom about a ghost sea captain yeah. and I didn't know living about a, it? Living with a modern family and Charles Nelson Raleigh is like the annoying gay man that keeps terrorizing them and I don't actually know what his job is. <laughs> Uh, but he's just around. Back 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 then, you didn't have to have a job if you were just like a an out, yeah. like an outspoken gay person. Yeah, just come just on come in, around. bring in some spice. We're yeah. gonna like spice things up, give some sass. Uh, any finalish <laughs> thoughts on this episode of I Dream of Any other things that you? Um, yeah, what do I have. Um, oh, I wanted to bring up the giant pot prop. Oh yeah, when she because when Doctor Bellas comes over, she like shrinks. She like blinks. She she blinks. And yeah. she like goes into the tiny little pot. Yeah, that was that was, was a like, cool insert. Thinking about oh how they did this, they had to build a giant pot, like a corner of a giant pot. And so like the I Dream of Genie set or backlot has to be just like littered with yeah. all these giant props. Yeah. Um I, I the one thing that sort of uh I was impressed by it's a it's a little thing, but it drives me up the fucking wall because it's done badly so often. <laughs> 
is the lip syncing in this was really good. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, like like at the beginning when he's at first I was like, oh shit, is this the one where like Larry Hagman had it in his contract that they have to let him sing opera at <laughs> yeah. least once, and it's the whole fucking episode. It's a bummer. <laughs> But, um, like, I don't think he can sing. I think that was him maybe actually trying to sing. I think so. Yeah. Um, cause like his fake singing was hilarious. I read that I'm like, bad singing is usually always funny. <laughs> oh yeah. And like at the end too, all of his lip syncing was really good. Yeah. And like nothing drives me crazier than yeah. bad lip syncing, or especially bad instrument syncing. Yeah, that too. I saw the touring production of Grease when I was in high school. <laughs> and stormed the, the stage. I, I, well, there was, the, like, the dude who's, like, the band leader, he's supposed to be playing a guitar solo, and it just amounts to him putting one finger across the fretboard and then removing it, and then one down, and then removing it, and it he, sounds like he's playing Chuck Berry. And I was, <laughs> like, 16-year-old me was furious. <laughs> you haven't let it go since? I really haven't. <laughs> Fuck that particular person. <laughs> oh, I also, I also really quickly want to talk about uh, that the theme song was by Hugh Montenegro and Buddy Kane. Yeah. Which, like, is the greatest cop duo name I think oh. I've ever heard. Yeah, good Good work, then yeah. them too. That is a like legitimately great theme song. It's so like jaunty and I was gonna say like sauntery. It's it's so of its time. Yeah, like the horn arrangement sounds exactly like the horn arrangement on Mash, and that's mm. like like five six years later, if not longer. Yeah, like I think Mash started was seventy six. Three. Yeah, because the movie was like seventy two. I think so. so. Movie movie's great, but like. The politics do not hold up. Ugh. It's really uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ugh. Trivia time! Yay! <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So this is a um, weird one. Uh, ratings hard to find uh, because it was not in the top thirty. So, but the the years that it was in the top thirty, it was around twenty million viewers. Okay, so and not as many as this talent show. No, yeah, this talent the talent show outrated uh, the actual episode of, Dream- of uh, Genie. It's like the finale of Mash. This talent show. Yeah, uh, all Super Bowls. All the Super Bowls. Shows. Oh god. Uh, then Big Bang. And it was not in the top 30. It was only in the top 30, I think it's first and maybe fourth year. 
That's a that's a it wasn't specific. a top thirty show, huh? Uh, which is fascinating to me. It's weird what shows we decide to remember and which ones. Yeah, because they're like okay, like Kate and Alley. Have you ever heard of that? Never before? heard of it. That stars uh, Jane Curtin. It was Jane Curtin's okay. 80s sitcom, and it lasted like six or seven years. Huh. But we just and I've never seen an episode of it. Yeah, and it and it just uh, doesn't exist any like. I think for I think for roughly our generation, you're a couple years older than me, but it's yeah. still I'd I'd say we're of the same generation. I th- I think it's just what Nick at Night had yeah, the rights like, to. Yeah, it's like Nick at Night was this. It was uh, maybe unknowingly at the time. It was the arbiter of like these are the shows we're gonna remember. Yeah, and I guess it chose them because of syndication. Like I guess sure. Genie might have become a big hit in syndication in the seventies. I mean, like yeah, it is kitschy as hell. Oh yeah, like Barbara Eden. Her outfit is so iconic. Oh, yeah. Couldn't I, show the belly button. All she did was oh, blink. Oh, right. That was a big... They, uh, and I remember Nick at Night had an ad about all the... like, And they were they singled out all the times you could see her belly button. Because they had oh, a lot really? of the, like, censors thought it would be too risque. So they said, like, it must be above the belly button. And then they would show, like, a scene of her putting her hands on her hips. And it would, like, peek out. And they would, like, do the whole, like, kind of like a crime show. Like, sure. spotlight on it. Zoom in. Black lights. Yeah. Nick at Night commercials were so great. Nick, Nick at Night, I I think a lot of people just sort of forget how great Nick at Night was. Yeah. And like, it's all the like shows, sure, but the ads and the culture that they had around, like the voice oh yeah. that, that, that the ad company that did it like had, where all those shows had such a... It's honestly like Mystery Science Theater, oh News yeah. Radio, like Nick at Night commercials. Like these are the things that oh really yeah. shape Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Uh, you know, re- remind me to bring up Space Ghost when we're doing plugs <laughs> at the end. I'm about to start a Space Ghost podcast. Oh, I love Space Ghost um, and Cartoon Planet. Oh yeah. Um, but like I, I think I think a lot of that, like Nickelodeon had really good marketing oh, yeah, too. Yeah, they did, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I, think, I think it's that same kind of vibe where like they really got, if not like who the audience was because I don't entirely know who the audience for Nick at Night was supposed to be but like oh, they they got fun. they they gave it such a specific point of view I think it was people our age I think it our age been. at the time so I think they were targeting like 30 year old people in 1985 Maybe. which means they like grew up with and so like their humor wouldn't they would still ostensibly have a sense of humor you know sure. like they would and so they would really respond to ad campaigns like the pants that ate Fred Mertz. Yeah, which is well, another one I love. I mean, it's like how the uh, the ad campaigns for Adult Swim, or at least it's like you know, it's just black with some text and yeah. some chill music, hasn't changed in like fifteen years. Yeah, it's really cool because they dialed it in so quickly and made it as much a part of the brand as yeah. the shows. And Nick at Night was, they had, like, books that were about it that tied in. You're like, right, they did. Like, good stuff. Uh, TV's great, you guys. <laughs> old TV. Give me an um, <laughs> So, for the night, so it wasn't in the top 30 for the 66-67 season. Here are the top five shows. So, at number five, we got the Jackie Gleason show. Okay. Four, we have the Lucy show. Okay. Which which Lucy show was That's that? That's the second one, I do believe. Okay. One was in color that... I think started out with Vivian Vance and it was her working in a bank. But okay. also all the Lucy shows after I Love Lucy had a lot of like retooling and recasting and sure. they just, there wasn't a lot of like internal logic. Um, hmm. Three is the Andy Griffith show. <whistles> yeah. <laughs> uh, number two is the Red Skelton Hour. 
Oh. And number one is Bonanza. Oh. Bonanza was a huge hit. I don't think I realized that. I never watched it. If a Western came on Nick and I or TV Land, I turned it off. My, my grandfather's nursing home, whatever combination of channels he had, it was always either showing Bonanza or Gunsmoke. Like 24 hours a day, you, you could be watching either show. Yeah. I don't like that. Nah, I'm not, not a... I love cowboy shit. I love cowboy movies, but like... Those things, those shows just look so low budget and like feel so much older. Yeah, and if I want to watch that, I'll watch Batman sixty six, exactly. which is dope and great. And I am doing it on this show at some point. Nice. Uh, lastly, ninety six IMDb users rated this an eight point three. This episode an eight point three. Would okay. You, would you go higher, lower, um, right on the money? You know, I I I would say. Given that I, I haven't seen an episode of I Dream of Genie since probably third grade, <laughs> I don't really have a control group yeah. of episodes to judge it against. But just on its own, this was like I was legit surprised how funny this was, ah. and like how how clever a lot of the gags were, how how funny Larry Hagman was. Yeah, because I'd always I always. Again, it's probably because I was thinking Bewitched. I thought he was the boring straight man and Genie was where the jokes came from. No. But, like... It's kind of back and forth. And, like, he's kind of the only real funny one, too. But he's really funny. Yeah, I feel like Major... I feel like Major Healy has to have some good jokes, but he just didn't have a good... He didn't have a good showing in this episode. That's probably why they put him in the Iron Maiden, because he was just... He was bitching about the show. Yeah, he's like, stop complaining about the show. It's only season two. You're going to be here for three more years. Oh, boy. I would say, I mean, like... For going on a I Dream of Genie, I, it's been a while since I've watched a lot of I Dream of Genie. I don't know, eight, seven point five. Uh, we're going yeah. all of television, like six point nine. That's fair. I yeah, I, I think I'm sort of with you. I think as just an episode of this show, I'd say probably like eight and a half. Yeah. And this is the best episode according to IMDb. Ah, that's the other. Sure. That's why I chose it. It's tied. There's another one that's also eight point three, which maybe I'll do the next. Is that time. the one where we find out where her when her birthday is? Well, no, that was this oh, one. Oh, yeah, I think you're it's right. the one where we where Major Healy goes and gets in, uh, tangled up in a whole bunch of I don't know Saudi Arabian crime cartels to find Weird. out the information. I wish, right? But I'm, that I'm didn't just, happen. I'm just imagining that it's being shot like a fucking uh, oh god, like a fucking Jack Ryan movie. God. Is this is our pop culture going to get so referential that one day I could pitch a Roger Healy finds out Genie's like <laughs> prequel, like in between cool? I'm sure you probably with a could. high budget. I'm sure that you could be probably like could. Ugh. I was like Eugene Merman years ago was uh, pitching a sh- like had made a demo reel for a show that was basically just taken, but instead of Liam Neeson, it was him. <laughs> and he, they screened it at a John Hodgman show once, and it was fucking hysterical because it it just it shouldn't happen. Yeah, but it's so good. It's good. I just uh, on that tip also I just discovered that in 2008 TBS commissioned. Um, pilot for an adaptation of Match Game, a modern match game. Oh, right. Hosted by Andy Andy Daly. Daly. Yeah. (laughs) Where they set, where they just basically reconstructed the early 70s match game set. And like Sarah Silverman was a panelist. And it was like. That would have been awesome. And DC Nash. And I like, I like the current match game with Alec Baldwin and stuff. I've seen it. But like Andy Daly is uh, more of the kind of host I would want. Um, and then the panelists, my main problem with a new match game is they air too much on trying to get what I think middle America considers to be names. Ah, uh, sure. I don't know. Like they get, they get like athletes. 
Sure. And like Rosie O'Donnell, like Rose, like Rosie's funny. She's fine. But if you're like I, the fact that a lineup isn't like Kristen Shaw. <coughs> the fact that a lineup isn't like isn't like. Sounds Kristen like you got a Shaw. genie in your throat. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, genie got to me. Isn't like Kristen Shaw, Paul F. Tompkins, you know. Which is what they did at UCB in LA when yeah. they did match game with Jimmy Pardo for ten like years. Mike Yard would be good. I'm like Laverne Cox would be funny. There's Ooh, a she would be good. there is a there is a strict formula for a match game panel that the new one doesn't follow that drives oh, me crazy yeah. because you have to have like Top left is male uh, celebrity, like okay. actory type, not necessarily a comedian. So like a John Hamm could go there. Sure. Top middle is your Brett Summers. You're like really like, you know, vampy caddy, like a broad, you know, like a Kristen Shaw. Sure. Uh, a Janine Garofalo. Like, you know. A, a real lippy broad. Yeah. Like that, like, <laughs> like like all Brett Summers was. Top right <laughs> is your Charles Nelson Riley spot. Sure. You have to have your, you know, Titus Burgess, Billy Eichner. Oh, you that would be great, like, yeah. Loud. Because like imagine like a. Billy Eichner and Kristen Shaw together. Be great. That would be so good. Uh, bottom row, all the way over, you have to have like an actress, not necessarily a comedian, but like an actress sure. like a Lover and Cox would be good there. You know, Elizabeth Banks, like yeah. and then like the and then like bottom middle is your like dry, handsome gentleman. So I'm like Paul F. Tompkins. PFT, yeah. Colin Malloy. <laughs> so basically it's like everyone I have a crush sure. on. Sure. Uh, this is sounding more and more like a dream you had. Yeah, God. Uh, and then bottom right is your like smart you're like smart writer type lady. Sure. Uh, you know, like a Rachel Dratch could be good there. Yeah. A, uh, other people that my brain is farting and, out. And then you just fill the rest of the like stage. Like an Aubrey Plaza would be good there. Yeah. And then you just fill the rest of the stage with, who, with whoever happened to be at UCB on Saturday nights See, like, of the marathon. Why not, you know? Oh, well, I just got like way off topic, but match game <laughs> is on topic-ish. Um, so yeah, would you say, uh, who had the must-see performance of this episode? It's gotta be Hags. Yeah, it's, it's gotta it's, be Hags. It's, it's uh, L. Hags. Uh, it's, I, I was, like, le- again, legitimately impressed. Yeah. By how, f- how funny this was without really any jokes, and by how funny he was. It's a thankless role. It totally is, but he makes it work, kind of the same yeah. way Bob does. Yeah. Where, like, his whole thing is just reacting. Yeah. But he's really good at reacting. Yeah, so yeah, I would give this to Larry Hagman, so mad props to Larry Hagman. I hope that next I Dream Genie episode I watch in a couple months is a Genie-heavy one. Maybe I'll yeah. maybe I'll search for that. Maybe I'll search for the one where it's her and her twin. Her Ooh. Because you get double Barbara Eden. Because I feel like Barbara Eden's got to be a comedy dynamo. I, I want to so. see more, like, she. I wanted to see more of her. Did they have, Did they ever cross over with Bewitched? No, I think Bewitched hated I Dream of Genie. Really? I think, like, there was a deep, deep feud. Because, like, this is, it's a total, like, they see, like, oh, Bewitched is doing oh, well. Oh, yeah. Do a Genie. Animated opening. Same, it's, like, the exact same show. You can, you can hear the executive thought process. Yeah. yeah. With some more uh, mythological bullshit. Uh, it's like... My husband, the centaur. I, I was happened. literally <laughs> about to say, "I dream of centaur." Yeah. Uh, would you say must other people see this episode? Um, I think yeah. If if you're into kind of weird old sitcoms, yeah. I think yeah. I wouldn't recommend it to like my brother. Yeah. You know, but like, like there's, if, yeah, if, there's a catch to this. Like, if you want to see some weird '60s. Yeah. Stuff. Like, like if you're already doing a dive like I did with the monkeys, or yeah. like you do with literally every show that's ever been on. Try. Um, I think it's I think it's worth watching just as as an artifact. Yeah. But um, I was surprised at how much it still holds up. Yeah. And it's it's always fun to watch these old shows and just see like the in camera tricks. Oh yeah. 
Uh, and then also picture what life was like for the actors that had to then tape all of these Ugh, tricks. Yeah. <laughs> what that set was like. Oof. They had to have really good, like, craft services spread, right? Gotta keep them happy. There's, also keep them occupied while you're setting up, like, rigs and stuff. There's a story on the uh, commentary for Mr. Show when they did that sketch, The Story of Everest, ah. which is where a guy is trying to... He's just come up from climbing Mount Everest, and he's trying to explain... He's trying to tell the story to his family. But he accidentally sits down on what he thinks is a stool, but is really a, like, cart filled with thimbles. And he slips and falls, and everyone laughs, and then he gets back up. It does an establishing shot of outside. He puts the final thimble back on, and then starts telling his story, and does it again. And then proceeds to do it seven times. <laughs> and they were talking about how, like... When they were doing the taping, by, like, the third or fourth time, the audience was just legitimately bummed out and angry. <laughs> and, like, I kind of love that you can, like, put your audience into a situation where they're like, I don't, why? I don't want to be here at this yeah. thing that I was looking forward to. <laughs> so I guess that's a good reason why they didn't have a studio audience. Probably. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for traveling no to... Is this show set in Florida? Probably? Uh, yeah, Florida or maybe... NASA. Maybe California? Houston? It's uh, Cape Kennedy. Which is I also wanted to be oh, like... Oh, sure. They named this after John F. Kennedy died three years earlier, and they were immediately like, I don't know. Oh, I, was, I didn't realize it was that quick of a turnaround. Yeah, uh, JFK died in 60, oh, 62? Yes. Oh, I, I feel like... Fourth I, season of Mad Men, I know yeah. that much. <laughs> uh, so anyway, thank you so much for coming out here. No problem, uh, Where Thanks can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on the internet, uh, on all social media. I'm at Hell Yes Brandon. I make dumb jokes. I've been drawing weird monsters on my Instagram lately. Um, I also am the co-host of I Think You'd Be Into It, the podcast about your problematic faves, which you did a couple months ago. Yes. Talking about 90s X-Men, and it's real fun. <laughs> great. It's my other... My other passion. I feel yep. like I could have also done... Well, I obviously could have done sitcoms. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, and I, I'm just about to launch, like we were talking about earlier, um, a show called Ghost to Ghost, Ooh. which is uh, Space Ghost Revisited. I'm going to be starting from the beginning, doing two episodes at a time, and try to get through the whole series. Um, I want to have you on at, at yeah, some point. Yeah, I love that. That... Uh, of all shows, Space Ghost, 90s Conan... Mr. Sh- and Mr. Show are kind yeah. of the are like my sensibility. Yeah, I think I've said like yeah, Mystery Science Theater, News Radio. Yeah, uh, it's coast to coast. It's like, like the shows I discovered in middle school late at night when yeah. my parents weren't around. And I was like, oh, I can watch Talk Soup with John Henson. Oh, yeah, cool. like it was. I love. Oh, I miss those days. Like like the weird shows that are on in the middle of the night that yeah. no one has ever heard of that feel like they're just for you. Yeah, and that's what it was oh yeah absolutely. I, I remember i always wanted to write into that mystery science theater fan club sure they had the address and i was like i could make friends there no oh but uh i didn't have any friends <laughs> until high school oh but <laughs> what is happening this is taking a dark turn at the end oh uh, yeah so check out all that stuff yay and i will uh see you on ghost to ghost and that does it for this week's episode of must have seen tv thanks again to my guest brandon beck for dropping by and talking about I Dream of Genie with me. Next week on the show, I will be discussing the Rhoda episode, Joe. Joe is in season one, it is episode one. Yes, it is the pilot of Rhoda, the Mary Tyler Moore spinoff. You can watch Rhoda, including the pilot episode, 
on Hulu. All of season one is on there. The quality is questionable on some of those episodes, but the pilot looks mighty fine-ish. Uh, also, I want to let all of you know that I have an email address that is musthavesceentv at gmail.com. I want to try to include listener questions, maybe. So if you have any questions about sitcoms of the 20th century, shoot them my way at musthavesceentv at gmail.com. Also, I want to let everyone know that FlameCon is this weekend in Brooklyn in New York City, August 19th through 20th, and I will be there at table D59 with sitcom, swimsuit, superhero buttons, and postcards, as well as must-have-seen TV postcards that I will give out to you if you tell me that you listen to the show. Go to flamecon.org for more information about the show. Until then, you can follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr at MustHaveSeenTV. If you like what you've heard, please, please, I beg you to rate and review MustHaveSeenTV in iTunes. This is so important, and if you leave a review, I will read it on air. This, I promise, unless it is a bad review, in which case I will ignore it. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brett White. Read my words at Decider.com. Check out my sitcom t-shirts and stickers at tpublic.com slash user slash Brett White. That's a mouthful. The theme song is Patricia's Moving Picture by the Go Team. Thanks to ACAST for hosting the podcast. Thanks to all y'all for listening. And before I go, I want to let y'all know that I'm going to play the entirety of that Suzanne Vega Tom's Diner I Dream of Genie song because it is fantastic. I'll see y'all next week on Must Have Seen TV and enjoy this. I am sitting on the sofa. There's a TV in the corner. I am watching Major Nelson. He is played by Larry Hagman. And he found a little bottle and out popped Barbara Eden. But she couldn't show her belly button. All she did was blink. Oh, good evening, Major Nelson. Tony Nelson works at NASA with suspicious Dr. Bellows. And there's also Roger Healy, who would become Howard Borden. And Jeannie always means well, but they get in wacky trouble. She folds her arms and blinks her eyes. It's kind of like bewitched. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.